You know what I hate? Spam. I hate spam. The, the meat? No, the... not the meat. The actual just spam. Like, why do people, why do people <laughs> send you spam stuff? Apparently like, it look, works. I don't want to buy your uh, wiener pills. Um, I don't want you to clean my stuff. <laughs> um, I don't want to claim uh, your Nigerian uh, prince money. Um, and I sure as hell um, don't want to, uh, you know, buy your uh, horse shit that isn't real, you know? <laughs> So, not literally horse shit. I mean, it's just. I mean, I feel like the, the wiener pills pills might come in handy for you someday. I judging by the emails, either their marketing <laughs> team sucks or they're not real. Yeah, I think we'd be better off going in the hacienda here and uh, finding some <laughs> El Viagra or something. <laughs> los Los Pepes. Los, oh, los, pe- los Pepes. Los Pepes Fuerte. <laughs> los Pepitas. Yeah, many Pepitas in here, man. <laughs> Got a beard in it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers And talking rap careers Reflecting on the years Connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew Doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet we're gonna put it in check You're listening to brews, beards, and shipwrecks One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. One, two, one, two, a mic check, stone bands, Royal Ruckus on the scene, just to announce. We got the brews, we got the beards, tasty interviews for your ears to hear. Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. I'm Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus, and I'm here with Jeb Wilson. What's going on, man? I really don't have a nickname. I mean, <laughs> I have names people have called me, but I don't think we could say that on this podcast. Didn't? Oh, you can say anything I, you want. I, I don't want you to have to edit out all the a-holes and the FUs. And <laughs> no. Uh, I've had many names throughout the years, though. This is an explicit podcast. Okay, you good. You, you, you have a little you E want. next to your, next I to your do thing. I have an Awesome. E. <laughs> yeah, I, I try not to cuss, but my guests can be themselves. It would take too much editing with some of these rappers, you know? Oh, yeah. Rappers love to drop that bomb, so I like to yeah. say... Things that I'm not even sure are like, you know, I'm still I'm still trying to figure out what shade is. What is shade? Uh, like to throw shade? Yeah. That's like, it's like to like be upset with someone and like show it. Oh, okay. Because I'm like literally sitting in the shade and I don't want to be disrespectful. <laughs> so, you know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's like an expression. It's like the way you look. Okay. Yeah. Do I look like shady? Like, um, if someone's shady? I mean, you are it? covered in shade. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Now, we're, we're sitting outdoors outside of the Uptown Taco and Grill. Where are we in Nashville? We're in East Nashville off of Dickerson Road. So anybody familiar with Nashville, this is the hood, which is ironic because it says Uptown Taco and Grill and we're across the street from like (laughs) some brand new condos that obviously a bunch of, um, you know, trust fund kids obviously have. That's the gentrification process. Yeah, judging by the huge security doors. (laughs) The Uptown logo, though, shows, like, the cityscape, so maybe it just means, like, they can see Uptown well, without the, Well, without the cranes, you know. They, they, oh, right. They need yeah. to add about 19 cranes <laughs> to make it, you know, official. Yeah, so what, we're getting tacos while we're waiting. I figured, um, you know, I, I've got to leave Nashville pretty soon, and uh, you don't have a lot of time, so I figure we'll just kind of see what we can pull off with a little podcast. Sure, man. Um, so you and I go way back, back to freaking high school. Way back like Cadillac seats. Yeah, <laughs> we, um, you know, the thing we always tell people when we introduce one or the other to someone is that we hated each other, but we had like the same friends. And all, why'd you hate me, same dude? Same girlfriends. <laughs> Shut up, man. It's not even okay. 
I don't think she's going to hear this podcast. Oh, no, it's true. I, just, I, don't, even, uh, I don't even know what happened to her. But yeah. It's a long time ago. Probably down on Union working. Is that still like a hooker place? That's terrible. Why would you say I that? Even, I don't even know if it's still a hooker place. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, we, we go, we go, we go way back, man. We were just, we were, it was like that youthful '90s thing where it's like I was the punk rock rock and roller kid, and you it's were true. like the hip hop kid. Like we couldn't, like you know, we had a mutual friend that you know was a ska kid, and you're like, it's it's like the rules when you're a kid. Like you're not allowed to like the ska kids or like the, <laughs> the hip hop kids. You have to make fun of them, and you know, yeah, there's, but, there's but, me secretly listening to N.W.A. in my parents' <laughs> garage and like listen to B.I.G. and stuff. But I, I would never claim that back then because you know. That just wasn't cool. Yeah. I, I had to be punk rock. So the, the truth is coming out, man. Well, you, you know. You're, uh, I didn't know you were into Cube and, and oh, Dre, dude. man. I was, yeah, man. Dude, <laughs> I'll never forget the first time, well, I can cuss it here, yeah. The first time I heard, like, <laughs> Cop Killer, but, like, you yeah. know, Ice-T, I was like, yeah, it's freaking awesome. Because it, it was like, because punk rock was, like, you know, tough, mean, like, you know, angry against society. Yeah. And the irony is, and I just didn't see it then, was, like, Dude, the rap community was doing that way before punk rock was. Yeah, I mean, that's true. yeah, like like punk rock was kind of seventies thing, but before, I mean, before like the Sex Pistols and stuff like that, like nobody was going to say like you know f the system and screw that stuff. Yeah. But hip hop was doing it, you know, way before that. You know, it just didn't get maybe huge mainstream yeah. until it didn't get like recognized by the mainstream until like NWA came out and guys yeah, like that yeah. and you know all the explicit you know things because punk rock was never mainstream until like Green Day yeah you know? yeah so if, although I, th- I think you could argue with rap music that like it was actually the mainstreaming that made it a thing right like, yeah because a lot of what was going on like in early hip-hop was just party music yeah like they weren't saying F the police because they were just having a good time yeah like the, the whole point of rap music initially was get the people dancing at your Friday night dance party yeah. on the block, right? So it was like when NWA came out, I mean, maybe some people were doing it on the underground, but they brought something to the table that like nobody had ever heard before, really. And it ended up defining the entire like West Coast hip hop scene for a yeah. while. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I remember. I remember as a kid, man. I, just, I, you know, look back now. I was watching. Uh, I was recently watching the. Uh, there's been a big surge in the uh, Pac and Biggie. You know, yeah. the West Coast East Coast fight. Who killed him? There's, you know, documentary came out. Who killed Pac? And yeah. you know, all and the, the Biggie, two Biggie um, uh, documentaries came out on Netflix recently. One, yeah. I guess, by his mom. The other one by um, uh, what's his old lady's name? Um, what's his wife's name? I'm drawing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Faith Evans. Faith, yeah, thank and. You. Um, and I was watching them, and man, it's weird that like you know, pretty much they're they're, they're pretty they're pretty sure between Suge Suge Knight and uh, the LAPD. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very convincing. Right. There's a former, you know, because I forgot about the whole story about how like, remember when Rampart and LAPD went crazy and they were like, you know, killing people, but stealing drug dealers' money, and they were mm. like, you know, had all this crazy yeah. corruption. Yeah. That was right when Pac got killed. And there's yeah. a there's a huge conspiracy that's very well established. I'm not a big conspiracy person. Right. That, like the LAPD basically like bumped off Pac, you know, because Suge Knight had some sway with them and, you know, basically like, you know, it's a big conspiracy, but it's, it's very, it's very, uh, I don't know what I think about all that, but yeah. I'm going to have to You, you need to watch it. the documentaries. I was okay. very fascinated to the point of I'm on my phone and my iPad afterwards looking up all these <laughs> theories and stuff on Reddit. And it's, I mean, there's one yeah. guy that used to work for the LAPD Rampart Division yeah. who's convinced he knows exactly who killed Pac, why, and, you know, it's yeah. very convincing. Well, I, I would be more open to a conspiracy theory like that because I think that's fairly plausible. 
than I am like the conspiracies that they fake their own death and oh yeah yeah that's, on that's some nonsense. island or whatever yeah I, I had this guy in they one were of my too they were both way too that. big of egomania that's like the same with the Elvis right. Elvis Presley Notorious <laughs> and Tupac were way too big of egomaniacs to ever disappear right it yeah, would have lasted six months and surprise here I am yeah yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they, they wouldn't have been able to settle for, like, the songs from the grave like they've done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. So, so dude, you, um, we lived in Bakersfield, excuse me, we lived in Bakersfield, and then I moved to Nashville. Technically, I lived in Oildale. I mean, oh, I, I've got to rep the OA, you know, I mean. Do you want to tell us about living oh, in Oildale? Well, if you've, <laughs> ever, if you've ever been through a uh, trailer park, I mean, that's pretty much all I need to know. <laughs> So I legit, it's just a really large I legitimately remember, and so many people don't remember this that aren't, you know, under our age, but, like, there was a time in the 80s, mid-80s, when I was going to one of the middle schools or something, and the Ku Klux Klan would march down Chester in the Christmas parade. Wow. I'm like, I mean, as a kid, this you're is just, California, too. Yeah, That's yeah. what's crazy. And, and, and as a kid, you're just like, whoa, look at those funny, oh, they're, they're, in, their, <laughs> they're in their jammies or whatever. Like, or, or they're dressed like, Holy they look like, uh, yeah, look like ghosts. But then as an adult now with a brain, um, I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. Yeah, it tripped me out, man. But uh, and now wow. with all the racial tensions and stuff now, I'm like, even in oil now, like, which is yeah. really ironic when I went back about a year ago. How much of the Hispanic population has moved into oil, though? Which is yeah, which is hilarious, yeah. and like only because I, mean, I don't care, but like just knowing how like white trash the community right. I grew up in was. That's where right. Buck Owens is from. Sure, like Merle Haggard. There's two streets in Oildale named Buck Owens Boulevard and Merle Haggard Highway. Right, and you know pioneers of country. You know, yeah. it's that very much sound. like a country yeah. redneck area. Yeah, I, when I describe Oildale to people, like people almost that people that haven't been there almost don't believe me. Yeah. Like, like, there's a part of Bakersfield, California, where people have this kind of strange country accent, and they're all rednecks. Are, are we going to call for our yep. food? Yes. The feel good song of seven years was senior For the last 13 I've been a fly rap singer I was born in SoCal with all the palm trees Desert oasis like 80 degrees With the breeze and the shade and the pink lemonade And the girls on the beach and Jimmy's arcade And when I think back, I give thanks for my brothers My dad, sister, friends, neighbors, and mother When you're growing up, you don't stop to think How the things you love will go with each blink Take time to smell flowers, sit under a tree Just dial it up on the one, two, three Up 
It goes on and on, but I'm feeling good. It goes on and on, and I knew I would. It goes on and on, you know you're feeling good. You go on and on, and you think you should. You go on and on, but you're feeling good. You go on and on, and you knew you would. You go on and on. When your homework is just too hard, you dial it up, dial it up. When your boss knows you're late from your time card, just dial it up, dial it up. When your work gets tough and you lose your job, you just dial it up. Dial it up When your dad gets mad Cause you're a slob You just dial it up Dial it up When your girlfriend Breaks the nail Yeah, I, yeah, I ate a better steak. Three carne asada tacos? Mm-hmm. All their glory. I got tacos al pastor, a Mexican hot dog, and a carne sope. Have you ever had sopes? Oh, uh, yeah. I love sopes, man. Man, their pastor is great. Did you know that um, tacos al pastor comes from Lebanese immigrants to Mexico? No, I did not know that. Yeah, so, something every day. So they brought with them maybe like 100, 150 years ago. They brought with them like the oh, what would you call it? Where they where they layer the meat on a on a vertical stick, and it like rotates like you would do a. Oh, that, that, that's how like the yeah 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 how they do um they do that like, like the um four mile. Or something? Yeah, they did it like Greek food places too. The street food. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they brought that with them, and then of course traditionally it would usually be lamb or whatever. But in Mexico they started using pork. And then um, started using local seasoning, and that's how it like got red. Mm. And then somewhere along the way, they started incorporating pineapple, and uh, that's that's where you get all pastor. <laughs> so thank the Lebanese. So tell me about what you're doing now. You uh, you live in Nashville. You moved here right before I moved away, and uh, that's actually how we started to like each other. At least how I remember it. <laughs> you you were right. I mean, we we were getting along better. Yeah, I I think it was just uh. Our mutual love for beer and music, and we actually kind of grew up and weren't stupid teenagers anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of ironic. I moved here um, 2007, almost 10 years ago this yeah. month. And, uh, and I left 2008. Yeah. And I moved here like right when you left. And then um, yeah, I remember me and me and Walker used to always joke that Mike Walker always joke that like you know we live like a couple miles from each other and yet we never we, I don't think we ever saw each other actually in Nashville really yeah 
don't think we um, ever actually bumped into each other here in this town. That sounds like Flatline. Yeah. And, and the irony is that we um, that we were both working at Starbucks, I think, at the time. When I first, when my, that was my first job when I moved to. You were? Yeah, you did That's too. Right. We're all Starbucks kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't at Starbucks when you moved here, but I did. Uh, well, I guess he wasn't either when you moved when you moved there. Hmm. But, but we both had worked at Starbucks, and he was a shift supervisor for a while. Hmm. Yeah, actually, it's funny. We... Um, we got a job when we first moved to Nashville. You know, we were recording our record. I got a job at Starbucks. He got a job at the movie theater. He was like the only one who wasn't a teenager, and like he hated his life because nobody cared about him. And one day he he wanted he tried an experiment. He just didn't show up for work. And See no, if anybody would notice. And nobody noticed. He didn't show up for work for a whole week, and nobody called. <laughs> so, but the movies are free that week. Apparently. So, so he, he stopped going, and he ended up getting a job at Starbucks, which was great, except we worked together, we lived together, and in our free time, we recorded the album together, and we were writing the album together, and we got really sick of each other. So I transferred, for that and other reasons, I transferred to a different Starbucks, and our friendship drastically improved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th those were fun times, though. And uh, did, did I ever show you the, the joke we played on... All the people about the the sleeves for the coffee cups. Yeah. So the short of it is, uh, we had this really anal assistant manager come in, and he started doing everything by the Starbucks standard book, even those things that didn't fun. make sense. Yeah. At the time, I don't know if this is still the case with the Starbucks standard, but at the time, you weren't supposed to put a sleeve on except unless someone asked, or it was hot coffee or like an americano. So anything that would be over like 160 degrees or something like that, or well, I don't even remember what the standard latte. I think it was 160. Was. Yeah. So so like the water would be like 175, I think, for a yeah. coffee. So you had to put a sleeve on that. The problem was every single person wants a sleeve at this point, yeah. or even at that point. That was like 15 years ago. And um, so what we did was, uh, oh, and they they wouldn't even let us put like a tray of sleeves out for people to grab on their own. So we had to put the drink up, call it out, go back to making our drinks, and then when they came up to get their drink, and they inevitably asked for a sleeve, we had to put it on. Hmm. So Mike and I decided we would never actually tell anybody what it was called. We would wait for them to use their words to ask for the sleeve. <laughs> Dude, so many people don't know what it's called. <laughs> At least back then didn't. And we, we started keeping a list. We must have got 30 or 50 different names. And it was everything from coffee condom to <laughs> coffee bra, uh, holder on the sides, wooden thingy. I mean, it was hilarious. Um, I've, got awesome. it, I've got it. I've got the list on uh, my Neapolis media website, neapolis.me. Uh, it's, e it's easy to find, but it's hilarious. Great plug, man. by the way. Yeah. Well, As a marketing person, I'm a, I'm a fan. <laughs> stick, stick it in wherever you can. That's what she said. Well, some people may want to see it, you know. So yeah, I moved uh, moved here in 2007 or 2007, and uh, moved here with one of my really good friends, uh, Caleb, and uh, basically wanted to get out of Bakersfield. It was just it was over it. it was over the small town atmosphere. I mean, not a knock on Bakersfield. I've, I made my peace with it. It's where I grew up. You can't deny it. You know, you can't just you know hate on it. Mm -hmm. I'm going back there in two days. Um, nice. That's nasty. For the record, that was Jeb. Um, so yeah, um, moved here and uh, was always interested in photography and always in arts and that kind of thing. So 
moved here and it's, it just seems like such a daze now. But I uh, moved here and we decided um, pretty much to drive over. You know, it's a 28 hour drive and you're coming yeah. across the 40 all the way across the United States. And uh, he just kind of encouraged me to like do my own thing and, you know, actually branch out and not just these nickel and dime things like I was doing back back home. Like, oh, doing some yeah. promo pictures or oh, my friend's wedding or like doing these little, you know, just for fun kind of things, not really taking it seriously. So I um, I moved here, start, started National Photography Group. Dude, I didn't, and, uh, I didn't even know you were doing photography before you moved here. Yeah, I was always doing it. I mean, it's, always, it's funny how like a lot of people didn't realize that, but yeah, yeah. of all the people, I have all the photos of all, every time we went somewhere. I had all the photos, you know. Yeah. Like me and me and Philip would go out and like we'd go out in the fields and like he was always like my practice. I have so many pictures of him early in the day. Really? Like yeah, just going out and like taking pictures and like you know, early early back in the day, like in the two thousands or whatever, you know, and um, just stuff like that and just you know always going around, always doing you know pictures of stuff or friends' bands like you know Caleb's first couple of bands. I had all the band photos for and uh, wow, you know. So I didn't yeah, realize that man. Yeah. I mean, I guess I probably well, and, and, and a lot of times oblivious. too. Back in the early days, doing video stuff, like I was always, always had a video camera, you know, yeah. or something, or you know, just loved doing stuff like that because it was just right. my thing, you know. But um, yeah, so I moved out here, and then NPG just kind of exploded, you know, it just like took off, and then it's just I don't even know where. It's funny, it just I don't know, it just kind of took off. Yeah, from and, uh, from my perspective, from a watcher's perspective, you know, on a, in a different part of the world, it just seemed like all of a sudden you went from I didn't know what the hell you were doing to. Oh, he's like <coughs> a go-to photographer and doing photography all over Nashville and all over the world sometimes. Yeah. People always ask like when I got my first big break and like I really don't remember. I don't remember like I don't remember a break. I just remember hours and hours and hours of staying up till three or four in the morning editing things, <laughs> you know. Coming yeah. up with like marketing plans and like you know doing this or thinking up, you know, YouTube wasn't really I don't remember being around that then, but like just reading books on photography and reading yeah. books on like different kinds of styles and lighting and what was cool and what artists were doing and you know that kind of thing. And then um, I just remember just you know so people always people will ask or interviews or whatever they'll say, hey man, what was your what's your key? What's your you know what's your key to success or blah blah whatever? And I'm just like, there's hard work, man. That's, there's no yeah. golden like oh I did I did step one two and three you know. There's all yeah. these photographers doing these workshops and all these things. I'm like half the stuff they're they're teaching, you can teach to a monkey in three hours. It's just right. it's just basics. I mean, it's it's a shutter and a light and a camera and a couple lenses. There's nothing yeah. to it. I mean, I have a good friend named Jeremy. He you know really really well known in the photography industry, and he even jokes and says, "Dude, it's one of the easiest easiest art forms you can do. The camera does all the work mainly, you know, and it yeah. really is. If anybody yeah. denies that, they're kind of yeah, an idiot." There is something to be said about having an eye. Uh, being aware, knowing what you're doing. I, I've, I've seen, you know, there, there's a lot of kids, like, you know, coming up out of high school or whatever, doing photography, and, you know, I see their little Instagram pages pop up. They're, like, friends as former students of mine or whatever. Well, they can take some pretty good photos, because you're right. A lot of it is just what's in camera. But I really do think you have to have an eye for it. You could probably develop that, right? But I mean, you can, but there, I think the other half of it is... It's the business sense. That's the part that some people just can't teach. Yeah. I mean, people can follow the basic, you know, rule of thirds, all these little basic little, you know, photography quips and little things and, you know, learn that kind of stuff. But the business part of it is the one thing I don't know if you can really even teach. That was the hardest thing to learn. You know, like <laughs> you saw this morning, you know, talking all morning on uh, with the IRS and business things and blah, 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 <laughs> right. all the super unfun stuff. Yeah. You know, you can't really teach somebody 
how to find a good accountant, yeah. how to you know file you know tax forms and sales news forms and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I mean, you can teach somebody that, but that's like all the stuff that like people don't think about, you know. Right. But like when it comes down to it, it's just an old thing my grandfather used to always say: it's just hard work pays off. You yeah. know, just working harder than the next guy. You know, yeah. You know, I was, I would stay up all night long. These guys are going out partying and doing whatever, and you know, or like all these people would be like, you know, just. I mean, people say they hustle, but I've noticed that it's almost like the people that say they hustle more don't. Like, especially now on social media days, it's like, right. oh yeah, busting hard, working so hard, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. Like, I just saw a Snapchat at like, at like a bar at like 3 a.m. Like, I don't think you're working as hard as you think you are. Like, you know. Right. So, and then like, other people, it's like, you know, I have friends, you know, sleep until noon every day. And I'm like, yeah, you're not working that hard. I'm like, I, I'm getting up at 6 a.m. I've got my thing. Right. Getting up to crack it on every day. Got my laptop open. I'm going through emails, you know. <laughs> And I've booked huge shoots because I was up at three in the morning and just answering an email right there on the spot, you know, sitting in right. bed on my iPad. And somebody's like, oh, wow, I didn't think you guys were still, you know, in the office or whatever. I'm like, I'm always in the office. You know, the office yeah. is here in my head, you know. Right. So just the hustle, man. Just like, you know, it's just, you know, it's just like, it's, it's funny how, like, I was, so I was watching that, that Biggie uh, documentary, or the Notorious, the one that, you know, I think faked yeah. out. And, uh, and so one of the things he said is, you know, in this interview with somebody, and he goes, he goes, I, I knew that I wasn't, I knew that I wasn't built for like, to work in an office or to work in a factory, man. He's, he's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like work at a restaurant. He's like, he's like, that's just not what I was, that's not what I was built made to do. Yeah. You know, he's, I was made to like, you know, you know rap and do this thing, and, and, it, and he kept, kept saying hustle over and over again. He's like, I'm, I'm just a hustler. And he didn't mean it like, I think, well, at times he meant it like hustler, like, you know, like a street hustler. But sure. most part, I think he meant hustle like it's in, you know, busting his ass and working hard. And he really yeah. did, you know. Yeah. I mean, he was amazing. He was always writing, always working, you know. And the more I saw that, I was like, ah, it's kind of the same thing, you know, I yeah. did. It's like, just work harder than the guy next to you. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, I mean, I don't know, in business and stuff, I think that always pays off. And I mean, I guess in everything, you know, in sports and stuff. I've, I've never been a sports guy, really, but yeah. like, I just know that if you just work so much harder, you know, and you're always hustling, you're always thinking about innovative ways to like, you know, get stuff. I think, I think, uh, it always pays off, you know. Yeah. So it's like when people, you know, aren't doing well in business stuff, the first thing I look at is like, what's your, you know, what's your work ethic? Like, are you putting in the time? Are you, you right. know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty hard on my guys for the most part. You know, people work for me. Like, I'm pretty much like, I'm always like, you know, hey, we're not resting for this. We're not stopping for this. We always need to get this done. Get yeah. this done. I'm, you yeah. know, I, I push hard. I know I do, but. You know, there's a reason that I think I've got to the level we're at and we're at the place. I mean, we're one of the, I think we're in contention for one of the, you know, bigger photography companies around, you know, and yeah. and definitely for the amount of work we're putting out and stuff we're doing and, you know. Well, you guys have won some awards locally uh, too, right? Uh, uh, nationally, globally, yeah. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> I, I just remember the, uh, the Nashville, like, photographer. What was it? The Nashville like wedding, like the knot. Yeah. K N O T. Yep. I remember that that award. So there, yeah. there have been others. We've won that. Um, we've won the Knots Best of Award eight years in a row now. So. Yeah. And they um they like uh I don't know what it is. It sounds kind of like lame, but they uh induct us into their uh, Hall of Fame, like their of of all of the vendors and all the people that have worked for them. You know, after a certain amount of years and after you know so many, and it's all um. Uh, what do you call it? It's all um, client-based. So basically, you have to vote for people. You have to go. They they go based on your reviews, how long you've been in, right? You know all this kind of stuff. And we've never had a negative review, really. We've always, you know, we've made all our customers happy and everything. And so they put us in this like, you know, the like wedding basically hall of fame for you know, photography. Yeah. So 
which is cool. I mean, it's cool. It's just, you know, weddings aren't something I've always, you know, I mean, the last couple of years I've really transitioned, um, done a lot more with artists and right. Yeah. Right. A lot of commercial stuff, got into aerial photography, travel, you know, I've been shooting documentaries in Africa, Haiti, you know, so I like it, man. I like traveling. Of course, you've uh, loved shooting some music videos for Royal Ruckus. Who? <laughs> Your favorite thing to do at the home you discount price? Three ninety nine. Hey, I, I paid you for the last one. <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah, it's more of a tip than anything, though. <laughs> Just the tip. Just tip. <laughs> yeah, getting the music video thing is pretty interesting. Just um, I mean, I like the I like the art of it. The after part, the editing part, is the is the worst part because you're right. looking at the same scene 15 times and the same things, and yeah. you know. And uh, but it's been fun. It's been interesting. Um, learning. I don't know if it's something I'd really do a whole lot long term. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, I've never really done like when I actually first moved to Nashville. The first two weeks I was here, I worked on um, a couple different music videos as kind of like a director of photography kind of person, just because. At the time, the um, the world, you know, the video world was changing, where everybody was going to these SLR cameras, okay. which are which you know what photographers been using for years, right. but they introduced to video, so no, but nobody really knew how to work with them or use them or what to do. Mm. So, yeah, I came on board and was like, oh, yeah, I've been using this camera for years. I know how to work this. So, right. You set goals a lot, or is it more just like the work comes to you and you just make yourself available? Yeah. So. Yeah, people, I think people have always asked, you know, hey, what are your goals, what's your business plan, what's your thing? You know what's funny? I never really had, like, a business planner. I was just, like, hustle, work hard, you know, push hard, you know, be the best. I mean, if, that, if I had, like, gun to my head, if I had to be like, what's your mission statement, what's your business plan? I'm like, work harder than the other guy. You know, I mean, that's always been my thing. Like, hey, if, you know, you uh, just hustle, you know, and just work harder and just bust your ass and just kind of, you know, Get out there before the other guy, or you know, and, and have a better product than the other guy. Then, you know, at least in this business, it works. I mean, I can't say it applies, you know, around the yeah, around the world. But um, yeah, that's I guess yeah. But that, I mean, plan. that's a general principle. That's probably pretty good. Yeah, at, at the very least, working harder than the other guy. Well, I think I think a lot of people too, and it's and this probably equates to music as well as life and stuff. But like, there's this mentality I think we get. And I don't know where it comes from that you, you you get some initial success, you kind of start building up, and you get to this sort of mountaintop plateau. And people, I think, sometimes kind of just get comfortable there. Yeah. And I've never been comfortable. I've yeah. never been out all the awards in the world, all the you know I could shoot you know the biggest thing in the world, and I'm never satisfied. I'm never like it's never enough. Like I yeah. always want to keep striving. I mean, I guess I have goals like. I want to retire someday. I don't want to be doing sure, this my sure. whole life, you know, and maybe just travel a lot more and see more stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, as far as that goes, just I mean, there is no goals. I mean, there is no. I mean, because I've, I've I've read and I've seen. I mean, I do a bit of stuff and research and talk about, you know, the secrets of millionaires and all this kind of stuff and people that are super successful in business stuff. And it's like that's kind of the one theme theme that I see. It's like, you know, people can set goals all day long, but like, even when you hit that goal, what what comes next? Another goal. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, wh why try to cut myself off of some kind of, in, you know, glass ceiling where it's like, oh, well, you know, this, when I hit X or have this much money or this many employees or this many things, you know, that's, yeah, that's, that's my opus. I'm like, no, like, I'm just going to keep 
striving and I like to croak. Yeah. You know? That's my opus. You know? Oh. <clears throat> Although in a sense, you you know, you may not have had explicit goals, but I mean you've achieved a lot by simply busting your ass, right? So yeah. you know, I know for me yeah. in uh, <laughs> in in getting Royal Ruckus back off the ground, setting goals was crucial. Yeah. You know, so like one of the things I did was uh, this year I connected with some other rap guys and uh, cookbook from Ellie Symphony was was sort of the ringleader and there's like five of us on this phone call every Sunday. No, I wasn't on yesterday because I was out in the woods in Tennessee and didn't have any. Yeah. But generally speaking, every Sunday we're, we're on there and we talk for about an hour. Everybody checks in, says, you know, like we've had goals since the beginning of the year. Sometimes they've changed. Or sometimes we've achieved them and established new ones. But each of us has like three goals. Yeah. And then what we do is we check in each week and say, here's what we did this week to work toward that. And here's what I'm doing next week. Yeah. And then we bust each other's chops if people aren't doing that. Yeah. And that has been really helpful for me. Now, my goals were small. Like, you know, they were very achievable things. Like, one of my goals was perform 30 times in 2017. I knew that if I didn't set a goal for that, without an infrastructure, without a booking agent, without somebody doing the work for yeah. me, I wasn't going to have a whole bunch of concerts come to me. Yeah. So, I achieved that goal. So, like, my goal now has changed. Now it's not even so much a goal as it is uh, putting forth effort. So, yeah. my thing, and I'm doing horribly at this, my thing is to send three queries per week about a concert. And only a fraction of those are going to turn into concerts. Yeah. But they'll end up basically doing the same thing as having the goal of 30, 30 shows. It's yeah. just now, like, my accountability is about, like, the process. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, I, I try to set, like, I wouldn't call them goals as much as more just parameters, I guess. Okay. Or, like more of a checklist like hey do this do this and then I've got like I've got like my daily thing okay okay you know turn this project in and turn these proofs in or turn these prints in or blah 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 whatever yeah. get these to an editor get these to a bro whatever but then I've got my other ones like my other list where I keep like an Evernote or in my notes yeah. section of my phone where it's like okay when you get some downtime these are the things uh, investigate sending this to this uh, and look up these things look up this technique um, check out this guy's work uh, yeah. go you know stuff as simple as like go to the local art museums um, go see these movies you know I keep a whole yeah. list of movies I've heard people talk about oh man check out the lighting and you know yeah, check yeah, out this yeah, is this yeah. this you know and so I've got my whole list of them and then there's other things like kind of like big dream things that are kind of like my third tier things like you know go to Iceland and photograph the you know northern lights um, go to Antarctica like I one of my life goals one of my last I'm not crossed off a lot of bucket list things the last few years <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, but I do want to go to Antarctica I want I hate uh, the cold yeah, yeah. as a Southern California native that grew up in the desert I freaking hate the cold but yeah I want to go to Antarctica because as a visual artist there's something so, I've seen so many epic cool awesome things yeah you know and I really yeah. want to shoot it and not to mention like how many people can you say have ever been to Antarctica yeah you know like it's yeah. just one of those cool things like not to be you know the you know, biggest you know thing in the room but it's like hey I've been to Antarctica I mean it's just it's kind of when everybody's walking around the room talking about all the cool things they've done in their life they're like yeah but I went to Antarctica do, do, do you know what the flat earthers believe about Antarctica what they so you're aware yeah, yeah. there are flat earthers oh, now, yeah. right? so rather than Antarctica being you know at the bottom and then being like a little continent they actually believe that it's a barrier wall around the perimeter of the earth disk so maybe you could film a little documentary and prove or disprove their theory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, those guys are idiots. I don't know. There's something in my life. I don't have time for idiots. There's always going to be people that are going to be haters. 
I kind of take the Taylor Swift, you know, look at it. Like, people are always going to hate. People are always going <laughs> to say stupid stuff. There's always going to be mor- morons. Yeah. And I just don't have time for those people. Like, okay, that's cool. Like, you know, people get on Facebook and they argue about this, that, and the other, and blah, 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 whatever. It's just, you're, you're, you're an idiot. Like, just, you know, well, the, the rapper B.O.B. is raising money right now to put a, put a balloon in the air to prove that there's no curvature of the Earth. Oh, that's, don't we have um, one of those? Uh, oh, yeah, the fucking space station. Uh, that's a NASA <laughs> hoax. Okay. Okay. I actually joined a few flat Earth groups what about, on um, Facebook just to watch what's the, the crazy. Red, what's the Red Bull guy, uh, Baumgartner, that did the tallest descent in human history? Yeah, well... And, and I, I, I saw the video, and the Earth is very curved. Well, they, they would say that that was a bubble lens. <laughs> okay, well, as a photographer, I can say bullshit. Uh, technically, all... You heard it here first, te- te- folks. Yeah, technically, um, all lenses are circular, so as is the Earth. But again, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be retards everywhere on the planet. So, just is that even can you even say that anymore? Is it even kosher? You're not supposed to. Okay. but It's it's in our movie. It's in the Royal Ruckus movie. Okay. Yeah, Mike and I get called a couple. I feel of like retards. if you if you say it retards, like you're up from like you know, like Boston, <laughs> it's it's okay. As long yeah. as you don't, like, it's yeah. kind of like the other word. You know, you just, as long as you don't use that certain vernacular, I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. Why don't we uh, roll into a song and then we can finish up back at your house. Are we going to sing? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you want to sing with all these guys getting their tacos nearby? No. Don't. You just okay. sing in English. Okay. I don't I think you're I don't know what you're getting your ass kicked or less in English. That's true. Probably not what I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Cool. All right. I don't know what I'm playing. All right. Here's something. Well, Michael, why don't you have some fruit punch? Well, my friend, I believe I'll have the pop. Pop, huh? Well, serve yourself. Ha! I shall. Showing kindness in Modesto that can last for all of life I have 85 with the app 
stuff and I'm like the microphone is hot right in front yeah. of me. I'm trying not to laugh because like I'm not allowed to speak up yet, right? So <laughs> anyway, I just popped open a dogfish head 60 minute IPA. Thank you, Jeb. I I dogfish is one of my absolute favorites. I am a I'm a beer guy, I guess. I think I've been transitioning. Living in the South has definitely transitioned me to a uh, whiskey guy. Yeah. So I'm a big big fan of the uh, the, the brown, the bourbon. Could could you give me a top three beers and a top three whiskeys, or is that too complicated? It changes all the time. I mean, yeah. with most people, uh, I'd say Dogfish, the 60 IPA that you have right there, is uh, the 90s, also um, amazing. Um, recently, uh, I've got another one. It is a Midas Touch, which is an uh, ancient yeah, ale, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is a I'm a big fan of. That's based um, on like an Egyptian beer, right? I think so, yeah. It's, called, it's technically called an ancient ale. Nice. So... Um, I'd say that, yeah, Dogfish has always been one of my favorites. There's so many breweries here in Nashville. You've got um, Black Abbey, you've got uh, Yazoo, you've got Turtle Anarchy, you've got, um, oh, what's the one out in the borough? Um, Mad, not Mad Dog. Mayday. Mayday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing beers. And there's one locally by Yazoo called Sue that's a stout, which I'm not a huge stout fan, but I love Johnny Cash. So, you know, therefore, I like Sue. Obviously, it's named <laughs> after the song. I so, got gotcha. you. Uh, but uh, and then bourbons, is I mean, like a beer named Sue is that basically it's yeah, they, yeah, okay. it's, yeah. It's a, um, it was it was abused as a child, so it grew, <laughs> it grew up to be a mean stout. That's awesome. Uh, bourbons recently, um, Blanton's is always like my favorite. Um, Basil Hayden, 
Uh, a really good friend told me when I got into bourbon early, he said, anything that starts with a B, B is is a good bourbon. He's like, that's pretty true, actually. So. Wow. So, I never, yeah, I never thought about trying that. I've been a big, huge fan the last year of all the new stuff Jameson's been putting out as far as Irish whiskeys go. Like, okay. they have their, obviously, they, they have a standard green label, but then now they went to this uh, Castmates, yeah. uh, which is their, I've basically finished in a, uh, uh, I can't remember what kind of cast, sherry cask or something like that. Then they also have the bourbon barrel, um, yeah, which yeah. is which is uh, a thing now, I think they call that, um, uh, sorry, black barrel, black barrel. And then their top of the line big one now, as far as consumer normal people go, yeah. it's called the Cooper's Cruise. Okay. And the Cooper's Cruise is you know you know about wine barrels, the or the oak, oak barrels that they're basically the barrels that they put whiskey in are the people that build those are called Coopers. The Cooper's Cruise is the tool he uses. I didn't know that. So yep, that's where they. It's, it's yeah, I read the back of the bottle about ten times. So <laughs> sounds like we need to do a special episode with you just about drinks. Uh, I've learned a lot <laughs> as we're sitting here uh, staring at my um, the old fashioned guy to have in my in my kitchen. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, that. What is it? The, the old the, fashioned by Robert Simonson. Yes. So it's a, actually a pretty good book. Uh, old fashioned, obviously, my favorite drink. So pop quiz for your listeners. Okay. Do you know what the original name for the old fashioned was? time to think it's very it's very basic a lot of people don't know this it was originally idea. called the whiskey cocktail oh, and if you go into, like and, and if you go into some old um old style like good places you yeah. know like here in yeah. Nashville we have a million of them Patterson House you ask for a whiskey cocktail I think it's basically the same thing without the sweetness and the, okay. the bitters and stuff so and the sugar so dude I was out in Orange County a couple months ago California mm-hmm. uh, I think it was in Newport there was this coffee shop slash bar that had those are getting really popular in Nashville. And they, they had like a lot of specialty cocktails. And I just got something simple. I don't even know what it's called. Maybe it's something they made up. But it's just lemon juice, bourbon, and honey. Hmm. And it was so freaking good, man. Um, I don't know. It was just something on there. I, I picked it up. And then uh, just the other day, I was at a cigar bar. One of the uh, Casa de Monte. Monte Monte Cristo CDMs, yep. Um, yeah, I, I went there with some friends because we're putting on a, a charity event this Wednesday. And well, I guess it'll be in the past by the time this airs. But it's true, uh, unless we have a DeLorean. <laughs> so I went up there and I was like, "Hey, I don't know if this is a thing, but I would like bourbon, lemon juice, and honey." Yeah. And she's like, "We can do that. I know yeah. how to do that." She'd never seemed to have made it before, but it was really good. That's awesome. Simple and delicious. I, I loved. I love experimenting with stuff like that. There's a new big thing in town. That's the big, great, big craze now. It's um coffee soda, and it's actually like infused uh, uh, coffee that has like basically. The carbonation, I guess, yeah, of the yeah, thing. Yeah. And you know, my first thought was oh, it must be amazing with bourbon. He goes, Oh yeah, that's one of the reasons. That's the first thing we did when we kind of mastered this recipe. <laughs> you put a shot of bourbon in there and there's a certain name they have for yeah. it, but it's it's amazing. Wow. So I never thought I'd be into coffee soda. It's actually really good. They have it at the local um, cigar shop here at the Abbey. Yeah, have you have you tried uh, nitro coffee? Yes, I had that in California actually last okay. time I was out there. Yeah. Did you like that? It's okay. okay. It's okay. I'm not a huge fan. It's, I, I still haven't tried it, but um, I should have. Well, I played a show uh, this summer in Illinois at a festival, and the the tent that my stage was, uh, that was also the coffee bar tent. Oh. And they had nitro coffee. I totally, interesting. I don't know why I didn't think to get it while I was huh, there. That's interesting. Yeah, I, was huh. in the, I was in the cool tent, man. <laughs> I've been striving that my whole life. <laughs> it was, Dude, it was funny at that show. Um, so, so it was audio feed. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of audio. Yeah, yeah. 
But like audio. Wait, feed, you played audio feed this year? Yeah. I feel like I I know the guy. I think that put that on. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I was actually on his the last podcast. I was on was his podcast. Oh a guy, really? A guy named Jay Newman. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's, well. uh, yeah, it's up it's up north. It's up it used to be all like CCM artists or not no, like but like. Like a uh, hard, more hardcore. It used to be yeah. called something else, and they changed it, the name of it. So it was uh, the Cornerstone. Was yes, the big yes, yes. My but, friend Jay is the, uh, and I was this funny. The last podcast I was on was his podcast. That's awesome. Small world. Yeah. So so Cornerstone shut down, and then like yeah. audio feed popped up in its place. Some yeah, some and rich guy or some, some rich yeah. guy came in and like injected all his money into it it's, and didn't want it to die. You know, it's not as big apparently. Yeah. No, I would never went to Cornerstone, so I can't yeah. compare. It's not as big, but it was awesome. And uh, I I got connected with it through Spoken Nerd, and I think they, basically, I think they approached him because he runs Invisible Library Records and said, you know, we want your artists to come, here's X amount of dollars to make it happen, how many artists can you give us for this much money? I'm pretty sure he knows Jay, because it's it's funny, we think about all the connections we have and all the weird connections through the Smoker's Abbey, the cigar shop we (laughs) always go to, that there's so many connections. Of course, most of the guys in there are somehow connected to the music business. Yeah, So... Well, I want to play again next year, hopefully. So, uh, so if you talk to him, <laughs> I saw him last night, actually. No, so it was funny, man. So I, uh, so I'm playing the show, and I start recognizing faces in the crowd, like that I haven't seen in ages. Like in particular, there's this one guy, and like he was obviously older because the last time he, he he actually put on a show for Royal Ruckus in like Michigan, hmm. in like 2002. Oh wow! And I don't know why I remembered him, but I did. Uh, and but I couldn't I couldn't place him while I was on stage. And then afterward, he came up, and as soon as he started talking, I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're the guy from New Year's, like 2002. You gave like he gave us our first ice scraper, like for the windows. Oh wow! I have one of those in my car now. We hadn't lived in Nashville very long. You know, we moved yeah. from Bakersfield. We didn't know you needed an ice scraper for your for your car. And uh, do you remember Mike's Dodge Caravan? Yep. So we had the Dodge Caravan. The heater was out. And it's Michigan. Because in Bakersfield, what's a heater? Right, exactly. So we could literally see our breath in the car. <laughs> we had uh, those blankets from uh, Mexico. Oh, like, yep. yep. And so I we're like right. bundled up in the car at night in blankets. And uh, anyway, we got our ice scraper from this guy. I guess that's why I remembered him. And that's I saw funny. him there in, in the crowd. <laughs> uh, Anyway, that was that was good times. I didn't mean to talk about no, feed so much, but that's funny that we got a connection, small life connection. I feel like we every time we come in, to, we we hang out, we realize, oh my gosh, we know like da da da. It's yeah, random small world. Well, even like uh, you know Savannah Edwards. That yep, you've done model shoots. With I her. hung out with her Friday. Yep. Yeah, and uh, she. She's been in the Waitress Song video and in the uh, Rest. These Things Remind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was my student when she was in sixth grade. And now she's one of my models. And friend. <laughs> I'd be friend. Yeah. Friend before model, yeah. And and uh, you met her at... Well, through her parents. Her parents used to be Starbucks regulars going back to uh, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. Years ago, yeah. Her mom, you know, yeah. uh, I knew her whole family. And they invite me to hockey games. I go to, like... Their family. I'm just one of the family now. Yeah. So and then yeah. Savannah obviously is you know has modeled a bunch. I've shot a lot of her portfolio and stuff. So. Right. Right. Small world, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember. I, I don't remember how it came up, but I do remember the first conversation I had with uh, Janelle, Savannah's mom, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Wait a minute, you know Jeb?" <laughs> I'm pretty much yeah. her favorite. Yeah. Human yeah. being on the entire planet. I don't know, man. She likes me a lot. <laughs> she likes her husband a lot too and her son. That's true. So, I mean, that's true. There may be, we, we, we may be fourth or fifth on that list. 
<laughs> Janelle, um, you need to text us right now and, and, and let us know uh, which one is sweet. You hear this? We need her to solve. Yeah, this. You, we, who you love more? So, uh, so talk to me. That my show is called Brews, Beards, and Shipwrecks. We've talked about brews. You don't have a beard. What the hell? Is uh, I can't grow a beard. I can't. Have you tried? You know, the irony about my life is so I have uh, my family is largely scotch irish and uh my dad family was like half cherokee or something yeah so me and my dad both have zero body hair like i literally people ask me if i shave my arms or my legs but i have no <laughs> body hair whatsoever but i've got this mop of hair on top of my head right. yeah. that like people always think i'm the guy johnny galecki from the big bang theory i've had girls <laughs> buy me drinks downtown nashville thinking i'm him and i'm like yeah. and i just go with it yeah i'm that what's his name again you know That's yeah funny. i'm that guy but I can't grow a beard to save my life. Yet, my brother, who we say, share the same DNA, has got this monstrosity like <laughs> thing hanging off of his chin and is this massive beard, and yet he's bald as a cue ball and he's been bald since high school. So that's funny. At some point, God thought it would be hilarious to switch our DNA at that point or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah my brother's also like six five and I'm like five six, so Right. It's we literally have the joke our entire lives has been like we're like that movie twins, like I'm Danny DeVito, he's Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Except that's, I'm pretty sure I got the brains in the family, but that's to be, that's to be determined too. Yeah, I mean, and I think DeVito's character is fairly smart, so... Yeah, he's street smart. I'm definitely street smart. <laughs> I'm way more street smart than I am intelligent smart. Yeah, yeah. All right, so but what about shipwrecks? I have dove and seen shipwrecks. <laughs> but have, has your life ever been... Hey, love, Bo, not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, Bo, not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, Bo, I'm walking in the club like, um, excuse me, not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, Bo, not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, Bo, not you, shipwreck. Hey, love, Bo, I'm walking in the club like, not you, shipwreck. Well, uh, my, my dating life is definitely, it makes the Titanic look like a uh, small tugboat going down the Kern River. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I could I could easily say, uh, yeah, dating life definitely a shipwreck. It's just, you know, <laughs> get, getting ready to go to my 20th high school reunion and never really, I mean, you've known a couple, like, yeah. never really had anything that really stuck out right. like, oh, this is a real significant relationship. It was just, it's, it's dating and that whole thing has evolved so much since we were young and yeah, yeah. We've shared girlfriends. Um, <laughs> not at the same time. I feel like I, maybe we should like, <laughs> yeah, you know, clarify you, you know, that. Clarify that. Um, there were six months in between. Um, uh, not in the first one. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just um, the culture's different now. It's very dating's very different. Um, you know, I've had this conversation with a couple different friends. You know, over the years, it's just I think it's this issue of like commitment. I don't think anybody really commits to anything anymore. Everybody's so. I mean, dude, I can't. I can't even tell you how many times I've been ghosted. You yeah. know, in the last, you know, however long, you know, and just. Nobody really, it's always like, ah, well, you know, maybe, uh, you know, or you have a good conversation with somebody, but they're talking to 10 other people and it's just like, you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've had a couple relationships that were okay, substantial, you know, but there was just like red flags and, you know, when I was younger, it was just like, oh man, I just want to be a normal person and get married and have kids and find my one true love and all that stuff. And now I'm just like, ah, that's bullshit. That doesn't doesn't exist. (laughs) The irony of, and it's not wasted on me, that I've made my career and a pretty substantial, decent career uh, photographing weddings <laughs> right. for a living. Yet, yeah. um, I, I always, I joke with well, one of my assistants that you know, uh, 
I, if I ever had an autobiography, it would be called The Alcoholic Bartender. Because I feel like my life, as much as if you were a bartender, but you can't drink, the irony of you know being a photographer that's never going to a wedding photographer that's never going to get married yeah. or have a significant relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah. So um, that's always kind of been our running joke. So I've I've got a brilliant business proposal for you. Here we go. So many divorces in the world. Um, <laughs> you're gonna when, you're gonna pitch me the divorcees when you when you no no uh, this is a way for you to make money, man. When when you do the first wedding for them, give them a punch card. The third wedding <laughs> is free. If they book, buy two weddings, get one free. Well, I've got, I've got a few friends that are on number two, three, and you know, I don't think anybody's on four yet, but I mean, it's a matter of time. Yeah, so, I, I don't know anybody. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I, <laughs> not, nobody comes to mind, um, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, lot, uh, relationships are interesting. You know, I just, this last year or two, I've seen some very interesting dynamics in just uh, spirituality and Christianity, you know, whichever way you take that, it's Christianity sure. or however you believe, but like, and just that like, you know, we were talking the other day about how nobody, it's almost like this idea of traditional marriage is dead. Yeah. Nobody, you know, really like dates or courts anymore and oh, it's so old school. I'm like, you know, I can name three or four people I know that are like openly dating like multiple people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that was so foreign. Like, when we were in high school, nobody, if you openly dated anybody, we had a word for that. You were a hoe. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah there was yeah. a term for that. Yeah. It wasn't called open dating, you know? Yeah. Um, but I know a lot of people that do that. I was talking to a friend just, you know, a couple weeks ago about that. And she's like dating three or four different people. Yeah. I'm like, mm, okay. So, so I've got a few theories about that and okay. I can rapid fire them. Number one, at least with the 20 somethings, uh, I, I think it applies to us too, um, since we did it ever successfully settle down yeah. at a younger age like some of our friends have. I think that people are maturing later. Um, like my mom got married at 17 and it wasn't like an emergency wedding or anything yeah. like that. And like that older generations did that stuff and committed. Yeah. At least at a higher rate than us. They took the whole, uh, you know, till death do we part thing seriously. Where now yeah. it's like, ah, we're having some issues. I don't like you anymore. Oh, hey, yeah. there's a, you know, somebody else. Let's, you know. So I, I, I think we're, we're extending our adolescence. I think that's one thing. I think pornography plays a role too, like the whole neuropathways thing. Like, um, actually I've, I've got a podcast, I don't know when it will come out in relation to this one, but with uh, Nate Larkin. Okay. And he's got a lot of really interesting stuff. I mean, if anybody is, I wouldn't say he's authority on pornography, but <laughs> maybe he might say that. I don't know. He, yeah. he, he kind of is, okay. but he, he's almost on, um, it almost sounds like he's kind of on a crusade against pornography now. Not like trying to get it banned by the government or anything, yeah. but trying to raise awareness that it's not simply something that we do in our private time. That like, when you engage in a sexual act with prostitutes, for example, or a bunch of anonymous uh, sexual acts or whatever, like the thing, the things that go on in your brain, um, train yourself to desire more of that sort of thing. Like, so if, if someone's always looking at a different porn flick, what often happens is like, it, uh, novelty becomes the thing. And so, uh, people are not able to orgasm without pornography. Some people are not able to orgasm without pornography now because their brain is always looking for that type of stimulus. And so it makes it more difficult to connect with like one person. And I think this goes along with, with hookups as well. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, if you're used to a series of one night stands, it's a whole lot more difficult to enjoy. Sex I'm definitely not familiar, familiar with that. It's 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 all I can do to get somebody to have lunch with me. <laughs> you know, if if somebody has lunch with me, I'm like, yeah, this is going right. good. <laughs> so my so my third thing that I think is true, and this is from um, Aziz Anzeri. Yeah, yep. his book Modern Romance. I love him. He is, and he he's so funny because oh, everything yes. he says is so true. Like his yeah, philosophies, yeah. and like I love his whole gig about you know kids. And someone goes, "Oh, you're having a kid," and I'm like, "Oh, you're having a kid?" You know, like that's me. I'm like, "What? No, your life's over. It's ruined." I'm like, "Yes, that's exactly how I feel." I'm like, "Oh, I'm not gonna call him anymore." You know. <laughs> well, so what what he talks about in there is the illusion of options. And, and he talks about in that book, like, all the, especially with all the swiping, you know, all of a sudden it feels like you have hundreds of choices. Yeah. When in reality, only a fraction of those are going to be interested back. Yep. Um, but there's still always a possibility that if you go out with this one and that lunch doesn't go well, that you can still start swiping yeah. again. And, and so he argues in his book that that actually has changed the way we date and has made us pass up. Yeah, like really great compatible people, because we yeah. think there's something better out there. And I, I know I've done that. Yeah. in my life, uh, I did that a long time ago. In fact, long before there was any swiping going on. Yeah, and and so I don't know. I there may be more factors in that, but those yeah. are the three that come to my mind as sort of uh, crippling our culture a little bit in being able to commit. Yeah, but those are just thoughts. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting world, you know. And I've kind of, I think the older I get. <clears throat> the more I've come to, um, I've come to grips with. <coughs> Try not to die. Yeah. They always say Hillary Clinton always coughs before she lies. <laughs> this is not a lie. Complete blank. Oh, I know what I'm saying. Let me come back in now. Okay. Um, yeah. The older I get, the more I have. I don't want to say come to peace with, but I mean, it's more like. You know, if I didn't get married and settle down, I'm okay with that. I've got good friends, you know, I've got some nieces and nephews I love and friends' kids that are basically like, you know, I'm like the crazy uncle, you know. And I've got, you know, I've, it's kind of one of those things, like, I've spent so much of my life by myself. Like, I moved out when I was 17 or 18. Yeah. I've never looked back. Right. I've been on my right. own the entire time. Yeah. And I've traveled all over the world. I've seen things. I've lived an amazing life. Yeah. You know, and I don't take any of that for granted, you know. And I've looked at it and go, you know. There's, I have some really good friends that, you know, they have kids and stuff. It's like there's soccer games and PTA stuff, school stuff, right. church stuff, you know, whatever, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, whatever. And it's just like, you just look at them and they're just like, oh, there's just always something going on. And I'm like, yeah. I never had to worry about that. I never had to like ask somebody, hey, can we spend this much money on vacation? I'm like, doing it. Right. You know? yeah. Like, we're going yeah. to Bermuda, you know, <laughs> um, first class. Yeah. Um, but I've never had to have those worries of, oh, well, I can't stay up all night. Like, my business, my life would not be, I even maybe recognizable if I had kids. Because, you know, I would take it seriously. You know, I wouldn't be one of those ab right. abandoned dads where, like, I would look at it and go, hey, man, like, I I can't stay up till four in the morning working every night and, like, you know, getting up, cracking on, and traveling all over and yeah. going to all those meetings. Because, yeah. you know, there's kids and there's a wife to take care of. And there's, yeah. you know, people to take care of and looking out for you, you know. And so it's kind of a catch-22. Like, my life would not have been where it was, but there's still times when I'm like, man, you know, it would be cool, but now, you know, I'm getting older and it's yeah. just like, eh, it's probably not going to happen, and, you yeah, know, I've yeah. made a piece of that, I'm good with that, i got good friends, and, you know, I'll still travel and see things. It'd be fun, all the adventures I have in my life, it'd be cool to have somebody along with that, yeah. but, you know what, I mean, it's cheaper without. 
<laughs> and there's no, it'd be amazed the places you can go when it's just one person that's like, oh, sure. we'll, yeah. we'll squeeze one more person on this bus, or yeah. okay, you know, I went diving with sharks in like January. Yeah. Like, what level-headed woman on the planet is going to be like, okay, husband, right. go along and do that. Right. I'm like, yeah. idiot, you know, so. No, and I, I get that, man, and I've, I've done a lot of solo travel, as you know, even touring lately, yeah. just myself and the little chug, Olivia, you know. Um, <sighs> Olivia loves you. Uh, anyway, like, like one time I was at uh, Disney World, the Hollywood Studios or whatever, and we were trying to get in, we, all the people, I was trying to get in, to this Star Wars uh, panel discussion, which included the dude who played Chewbacca, like the original dude. And it was like, live. I literally got to the door and they said, is there anybody out here who's just one person? Because they had one seat left, they said me. And I was the only one. <laughs> and I got That's right awesome. in. And, and I got yeah. a great seat toward the front even. So I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. They, I can't tell you how many times it's either or like restaurants or like going to a bar trying to watch the game or whatever and it's yeah. like oh I can't find a seat you know people yeah. I'm, I'm like oh there's one seat in the corner or I'll stand in the corner and eat while I watch the you know watch the football game or something yeah. I'm like you know what there are some big advantages yeah you know yeah and and it's it's hard especially like all relationships are hard like but the more time you spend together the more difficult it is like yeah. we were talking earlier about me and Mike being together constantly yeah and needing a break so I think even in like committed relationships, you have to have that space where you get your own own time and have yeah. your own thing somewhere where you go crazy. Yeah. Well, and I know there's like, not to spiritualize it, but I know there's that one verse, and I'm not a Bible scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but like and there's a verse where Paul talks about, you know, if, if, you know, to basically dedicate yourself to, you know, to the world, to, to life, if you're not going to basically marry, you know, and obviously yeah. I don't think Paul was, well, married, maybe not the second half of his life, and all the stuff he accomplished, and you know, and I've, I've, like I said, I've made my peace with it and I've built my business up. And now that, like, I've had a lot of success, you know, and done very well for myself, like, I have never taken that for granted. I, yeah, you yeah. know, I've basically made my, made, made a deal with myself and, and with God, and with, you know, with, with my maker that, hey, man, if I'm really successful in life and this is still my thing, like, I get back to my community. I mean, yeah. we, we do our help portrait project every year and, yeah. you know, we yeah. come in and photograph, you know, a lot of our, you know, less fortunate folks down in Nashville. And, you know, every Monday nights we, we put on a homeless dinner. Nice. Um, and we do we do clothes and stuff, you know, downtown, yeah. and then we work with various right. other right. Or, organizations, yeah. yeah, and then uh, work with Open Table Nashville and work with all these. Just, I've always felt myself drawn yeah. to the, I hate the word less fortunate, I just I hate that with Yeah, I don't, I don't use that But term. it's just, it's people understand what it means, Yeah, you know. Um, but I've always felt drawn to those kind of people, because, I mean, I didn't, I, I lived an okay life, you know, yeah. growing yeah. up. I was I mean, I was, yeah, trailer trash, but like... At least I had a trailer. I mean, you know, it's, and that's where I try to look at it optimistically. Like, hey, at least we had that, you know, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So, like, you know, but like, I mean, yeah, we, I, I've seen both sides of the mountain. Yeah. I mean, I've seen yeah. the valley, I've seen the top, and I've seen the valley again. And you know, so it's like I have a perspective. You know, yeah. I know what it's like to. I have never lived on the streets. Obviously, I've never like, you know, been in that dire situation. Um, but. You know, I've dedicated my life and so much of my life. And if I ever do get to a point where I, I want to retire, I want to do that full time. Yeah. I would love to be in a situation where, you know, if, if all the, you know, if God willing, the creeks don't rise, I can just fully, you know, have a sustained business plan to where I can just fully give all my time to, you know, less fortunate and the homeless yeah. and people like that and kids and, you know, organizations. And that's always been my heart. So yeah. that, that's yeah. my goal. I mean, if, if I, even I know earlier I said I didn't have a goal, I guess if I didn't have to have a goal, I guess that would. That would that probably, that would surprise, yeah. so. Word. 
I, I actually have so many more questions I want to ask, and we're gonna, but I've got to run to the airport, so um, we're going to have to do a part two next time I see you. Okay. Um, but I do have some fun little rapid-fire closing questions for okay. you. Okay. Um, we'll see if I can do them off the top of my head. Normally, these okay. are written down. Uh, we just had tacos. Uh, what is your favorite taco? Um, carne asada. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm, a, ba I'm a basic bitch when it comes to that. And so. with... Uh, are, are you doing just straight spicy? American? No, spicier the better. I mean, I love yeah. I love being a Southern Californian when people you go to a taco stand around here and you know the typically Hispanic yeah. people you know like oh well this is really hot. And I'm like bro, you don't know like I yeah, can't yeah, handle yeah. some heat. You know, and, so. and you like cilantro and onion or you, mm -hmm. you cheese yep. it up or what? Uh, I don't really like cheese in my tacos. No, um, not street tacos. Right. So. Right. Good call. Yeah, good call. I'm I'm pretty basic. Yeah, I don't I don't mind cheese on my tacos, but generally speaking, if there's cheese on it's there, just, it's, I want it on like just the text. Yeah, yeah, style, yeah. Street you know? tacos just I don't feel they're not I'm not a cheese person. Yeah, on street tacos. It is odd on. on yeah, they, they, there's a, a taco. I want to taste the pigeon and the cat like fully without the cheese. <laughs> so yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, there's a taco place near me that does cheese. And tomatoes, um, but it actually it seems to work. On, yeah, on their just their style, it works. Yeah, their style, but I wouldn't want that to be standard. Uh, do you have any podcasts or books you've listened to or read recently that you could recommend for a broad audience? Um, well, uh, I'm actually I'm actually going out to California in a couple days to uh, do a podcast with some old friends. It's called the Son of a Gun Podcast. Okay, it's a very you know Josh Vietti, you know oh, those yeah, guys. Yeah, 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 it's his podcast. Um, it's very, it's spiritual, but it's not hyper-Christian. You know, it's, they talk about issues of the day, life, art, uh, business. It's really cool. And nice. it's a friend's podcast. I loved it. Um, cool. I recently got turned into our old buddy. Well, I say that mild, but uh, Rob Bell. He has a new one called The Robcast. Oh, yeah. I've always loved Rob Bell. Rob Bell, I, I feel like, like I, I have a love-hate relationship with him. Yeah. You know, when I was super, super, really, like, hardcore in the church, you know, all the time, yeah. like, I would, like... Uh, like Rob was kind of like, yeah, the guy, and then he kind of got into the weird heretical thing, and it's like, and, I, and I just, ironically enough, I loved him more, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, be the outsider, you know. Um, but his stuff's really cool. Um, I listened to another one. Um, it's just so random, uh, but it's called the. Um, I have to look it up. It's called the. Um, it's a tactical, oh, tactical talk with Allison Berry. Okay. She's a big, she's a go-to uh, writer for. Lots of tack talk stuff. It's just weird. I love guns and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I have a little bit of background in law enforcement. So, like, you know, I have that, like, she always talks about, oh, new gear. Or, you know, they had a recent podcast about the longest uh, uh, sniper hit in, in American history. Oh, and wow. They talk about uh, gear and uh, training exercises and how to survive an ar Arctic winter and how to survive, you know. And they, and they you know, they just have this guy that they he crossed the Antarctic uh, Peninsula. Oh, him wow. and a team of guys. You think crossing like, oh, well, we walked across the United States. Yeah. Uh, it's not sub-zero. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been a cool one I really like listening What's to. What's that one called again? Uh, it's called Tactical Talk with nice. Allison Berry. Okay. So, and there's another really funny one that I only listen to because it's, it's kind of stupid and it's kind of girly, but I'll be honest with you. We're, we're being honest here. It's called This Is Why You're Single, and it's by a girl named Laura <laughs> Laura Lane, I think, and Alice uh, something else. Okay. And it's really funny. It's these two oh, comedian girls. One's from California, and you immediately know which one's from California because she talks like the girls do back home. That's pretty funny. And, but they're both from like Williamsburg, like Brooklyn, New York, and they're very... They're just, you know, it's kind of like more of a comedic thing than like a really like a help show thing, but sure. it's, it's, it's entertaining. So they're very extreme leftist hipster. Yeah. Like, if you have any political aspirations or anything like misogynistic, it's definitely not your thing. But it's right. hilarious and super entertaining. Nice. So I'll have to check that out. 
Um, what what are your socials if people can check your stuff out? Uh, my, you know, I feel like Facebook's kind of like dying and going the way of the dinosaur, you know, but like uh, Instagram I'm on the most. So on Instagram, I'm the Jeb Wilson, the Jeb Wilson. Um, and then Twitter, I don't really use because it's stupid. Um, and Facebook, I guess just, yeah, Jeff Wilson, I guess. Okay. And then uh, our business is Nashville Photography Group. And I think on Instagram, I think we're Nashville Photo Group. And then I think that's pretty much it. I really only use Instagram now because Facebook, I kind of use it, but it just seems like it's kind of dying. So, especially business wise. And, yeah. you know, it's so negative now. It's just like. Yeah, yeah. People are using I just, it. You can't really be snarky on Instagram. Yeah. So, on yeah. Facebook, Facebook, everybody's just kind of a jerk now. Right. So. Well, for me, uh, my socials are at Royal Ruckus and at Royal Ruckus Official. You'll have to figure out which is which, but I'm on SoundCloud, Noise Trade, Bandcamp, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and maybe something else. I, don't I know. love when you send emails because your signature is so damn long. Why do it you takes get my signature? <laughs> because <laughs> it's like. It was like, wow, he's involved in a lot of things. And how, how do you have so many websites? <laughs> but I love it. It's entertaining. Yeah, yeah, I do have a lot of websites on there. Um, trying to think of anything else. Oh, I know. Uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please give me a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever your pro, uh, platform is of choice. The reason I say this is it helps with the search function, helps people find the podcast. I think there's a lot of great stories being told here. In the first ten episodes alone, uh, we've talked about celibacy, promiscuity, homosexuality, disability, all kinds of things, and uh, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, a lot of, we talked about a lot of stuff I don't even know about, uh, but it's, it's been a lot of fun, um, other shows coming out, to, I mean, I talked to my grandmother, Walking Dead, soon. coming out Sunday, oh man, I, I need to do a special episode on Walking Dead, because I Dude, love that I, I just had like a Walking Dead dream last night where I was freaking running from. They weren't zombies. I'm sorry that you had that. had that here. It, it was like, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was on your air mattress. It was like I was dreaming that, um, like, the bad people were coming after my people. Like, you too, know, like, too many tacos and beers last night. No, man, I, I don't know. I don't know, but it, it, it was like they were trying to destroy us, you know, because it happens in Walking Dead. Like, they're fighting the zombies, and all of a sudden they find this other group of people that are just evil and just want to kill them. And, like, yeah. That's kind of how life is. Yeah, yeah that kind of sucks. So, the last question before we wrap up this episode of Brews, Beers, and Chipwrecks is, what is your favorite rap song? Uh, favorite rap song, I think... Overall, has always been probably "Juicy" by Biggie. I mean, that that song. It's it's fun as you know. It's a toss between that and kind of "Lose Yourself," but it's kind of the same by Eminem. It's kind of that same uh, mantra of starting from the bottom, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just kind of like you know, building. I mean, both those guys are self-made guys. You know, yeah. they didn't like, you know, they didn't pull Taylor Swift and down as a millionaire and just you know, <laughs> spend right. a million bucks on their first album. You know, most people don't have that luxury. But yeah. like you know, Biggie, man, I've always I've always respected him. You know, as an artist, because you know, I mean, he he hustled hard, man. He worked hard. He he he, you know, was self made. He got out there and just hustled like crazy. And yeah. you know, and uh, the whole song is about him. Just you know, talks about his you know mom's you know you know small little apartment in Brooklyn and just you know yeah. I mean, we grew up in totally different areas and totally different places, but yeah, that same kind of thing. I started my life off in a freaking trailer in Oildale, California, and yeah, you know, I've done this and moved here and bought houses and moved all over the world and seen stuff and both of us are just living our dream. 
Well, I'm living my dream. So I, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think Biggie's really. Yeah, I'm hoping I not. Mean, to, I'm hoping not to get shot in the drive-by, but you never know. <laughs> in this neighborhood, I might go out like Biggie. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's terrible. All right. Well, thanks for being on, Joe. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for me up on this. Wait. All right. Here we go. We're gonna roll out with Juicy. Yeah, boy. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Something pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? The hard, the hard. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri Funk Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski I'm blowing up like you thought I would Call a crib, same number, same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know, now you know, you know And personal with Robin Leach yeah. And I'm far from cheap I smoke stuff with my peeps all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Alizé keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing gats and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play toast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the fool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know You know, you know Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur Phone bill about 2G's flat No need to worry, my accountant handles that And my whole crew is lounging Celebrating every day, no more public housing Thinking back on my one-room shack Now my mom pimps a act with me on the back And she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the source we used to fuss when the landlord dissed us No heat, wonder why Christmas missed us Birthdays was the worst days Now we sip champagne when we thirsty uh, Damn right I like the life I live Cause I went from negative to positive And it's all And if you don't know, now you know, you know, And if you don't know, now you know, you know Oh, 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 oh,
single, 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 single. Yeah. Alright. 